Hey everyone, it's been a while since uh, I've done an episode uh, due to some personal reasons and some sickness I've been going through. Um, it's been kind of delaying everything. Um, and plus I wanted to give myself some time to study. I've, I think I've discovered eight new lesser known gods and goddesses and, and a little bit of their story and uh, some of the background behind them. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I had everything right. So this episode is going to be about Ayer and Ran and the Nine Daughters of Chaos, uh, which is, some people believe, are the mothers of Hemdal. So I'm going to touch a little bit on that. But I'm not going to dive so far into it because there probably is some people who are new to uh, Asatru, Heathenry, um whatever you would like to call it. Norse paganism is just kind of the blanket term I would like to use to, to do it because each individual thing, they all believe something different. Kind of like, you know, uh, Christianity to some extent. Um, so we're going to delve into that and then I'm going to explain some of the differences between uh, Njorth and Ayr because a lot of people get them confused with one another and their responsibilities. So I'm going to kind of break that down a little bit for you. Um, I also am going to talk, do not too in-depth, but I'm going to talk about each individual daughter and their role uh, in the ocean and, and how, uh, how even their role in like hurricanes and uh, tidal waves and different things like that, uh, how they tie into all this. So uh, stay tuned. I'm going to put a song in the middle like always. Uh, if anybody's been listening uh, for as long as you have, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, for for all and and, and also you kind of know how things go here so we're going to have the song in the middle uh listen to it i usually try to stick something in there that either gets you focused or kind of talks a little bit about uh what we're going to be discussing um so the song in the middle i'm choosing today is going to be the net of ran which is going to be obviously somebody we talk about and it's by a band called Havamal, just like as in the uh, book Havamal the the words of Odin. So we're going to go ahead and put that there, let you guys listen to it. Uh, also find them on YouTube. That's a great band. Um, I've kind of started listening to them recently, um, along with some other bands that are just kind of tucked away. And then I'm going to get my notes together and we'll get started.
Alright everyone, so we're going to dive right in and we're going to discuss who Ayer and Ran are. Um, Ayer is known to hold the biggest parties and he holds a party for the gods in Asgard uh, every so often. And if you ever listen uh, to any or read like, you know, any of the sagas or actually just uh, read Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology book, uh, you'll hear uh, Ayer be referenced in the story where Thor and Tyr travel uh, to Tyr's stepfather to gain uh, the kettle Ulthurlir and bring it back uh, so that way Ayer can brew uh, mead for, or ale for the gods. Um, so you'll uh, hear about him in some of the stories. Um, he's kind of one of the lesser knowns because not too many people talk about him too much. And I'm not sure why, um, but we're going to kind of change that right now. So Ayer um, was a giant. Uh, so he has white hair and a long beard, and he's uh, very skilled in, in the magic uh, that the gods practiced. And um, some people have believed that he was the actual, like the literal brother to Loki. Um, Ayer married his sister, uh, which is, there is some, you know, some of that in Norse mythology. It's not a lot, but it's, you know, there there is the occasional uh, where brother and sister marry. Uh, so Ayer is married to his sister, Ran. And Ayer and Ran are parents to nine daughters. Uh, their daughters are the spirits of the waves. Uh, so we have one that's named Hemingliva, Dufa, Bloodguda, Hefring, Od, Hron, Bolsh, Drofen, and Kolga. Uh, and it's said that their daughters are also the daughter of Hemdal, or Hemdal, as some people know. Um, so when back, so take your brains and, and kind of go back. So imagine like, if you've ever seen the show Vikings or any show where there's a Viking ship and imagine being on the waves, um, but you, the knowledge about what the waves are and how the ocean was wasn't so advanced then. So you see these heaving waves or just imagine being on a long ship sailing through a hurricane and how uh, scary it might seem and how frightening it could be. So whenever the Vikings saw the huge waves coming towards their ships, they knew that Ayer was close by. Um, and if the Vikings had prisoners, they would sometimes offer a sacrifice uh, and some, for, of some of them for hope of safe passage. Now, they would also, I'm going to add a note here, that they would also sacrifice animals too to Odin um, because Odin could grant them, you know, the wind in their sails and, and everything also. Um, if you actually listen to the lyrics of Pursuit of Vikings by Amon or Marth, uh, it talks about that uh, specifically in that song. Uh, so, but Ayer was often, from a lot of the sagas and stories, was very unforgiving and cruel. Uh, so, he had a lust for treasure like gold and, and would intentionally smash the ships of travelers, uh, such as like Vikings, pirates, you name it, and he would just destroy their ships and sink them to the depths so that way he could have their gold and silver and uh, their pieces of wood. Now, his wife and sister, Ran, is also dangerous and hostile, uh, so she would use this big fishing net, uh, and she would drag anyone down into the depths of the ocean that she could. 
Uh, so a lot of Vikings didn't know how to swim either, uh, which is, is an interesting thing. But then again, you know, they used boats. They didn't really see a purpose in swimming, especially in the depths that they were in. Um, so because they feared her, they would offer tributes to Rand too before they invite, uh, embarked on a raid or in the hope of a safe return also. So people in Midgard fear, fears Rand and the gods and the goddesses from Asgard. And uh, the gods will often travel to the home of Ayr and Rand for a great feast, which I mentioned earlier, because they are known throughout the nine worlds to have the biggest and most fun parties at any of the gods or anyone could ever imagine. Um, so, Ayr uh, is, is a pretty difficult thing to try to explain. So, because so he's mostly allied with the Vanir, um, so you will hear him brought up a lot, and some people have think that he's Vanir, some people think that he's Roker, which is the giant. Uh, and then some people believe that he's Aesir, which would be like Odin, Thor, uh, so on and so forth. And a lot of people also forget that Odin himself was classified as a giant because of Ymir. Um, so the Aesir seem to be um, involved with him and, and the Vanir, and they have some shady business that goes on in some of the sagas. In the saga of Ymir, Aesir seems to be... Be, it seems as being blatantly shaken down for food and ale by the Aesir because, you know, they just really love what he cooks and the ale that he makes. Um, and who routinely move in on him during the winter, demanding his hospitality and stripping his supplies. So Aesir himself is generous and and is famous for his food and beer, like mentioned before, but more than anything else, he's gained himself alliances because, because of this. Now, his hall is accessible off the coast of Halesi Island, which is near Vanaheim, uh, where Mirfolk uh, escort visitors uh, down to, where he, he takes all these people down to eat and drink and be merry. Uh, and so in Nixies and mermaids serve and hang around the hall as well, seducing visitors. Um, the cups in his hall are always full, um, magically refilling themselves. You kind of see that type of joke in um, the Marvel movies. You know, as much as I hate referencing, anybody who knows me knows that I hate using uh, a Marvel reference when it comes to, uh, you know, Norse, you know, paganism because it just, it aggravates me to death. Um, now, the other side of Aegir uh, makes us remember that he is still a powerful and elemental god. Um, there is always a term going into Aegir's jaws, which means going into a storm at sea. Uh, and to and he would just do whatever he felt like to whoever was on the ocean at the time because he was just, I don't know, greedy uh, is the best term to use. Um, so the 5th century Saxons routinely sacrificed one-tenth of their captured victims to Ayr. When, uh, and when they would conquer a land, they would sacrifice some of their conquerings also. And it was said that sometimes they would take some of their plunder, like when they would go and they would gain, like when they would go to England or they'd go wherever, they would get a handful of gold from their um, from their till and just drop it into the ocean. Um, so that way they could, you know, have his blessings. Um, so 
when they were ready to leave and conquer land over the sea, they would say, the sea has snapped the ties of my kindred, says Eagle, uh, like in one of the great poems of mourning. Uh, the Sonatoric composed after his uh, young son was lost at sea. So these are various sagas that kind of have little excerpts about what he says. And it says, could I have avenged my cause with the sword? The ale brewer would be no more. So he's talking about when Ayer swallowed one of his ships and then... Um, and then I think I believe his father died in one of these shipwrecks, and he's saying that if he could have stood before Ayer, he would have uh, fought with him. So while his hall, oh, so let me actually let me step back. I jumped ahead of my notes. So behind the the jovial front lies a relentless deity who demands sacrificial victims of one sort or another. Uh, Ayer's fingers are known to be clawed. So they're like massive talon claws, uh, reminding us that part that it's part of his nature. While his hull is beautiful and bedecked with, you know, coral and gems and gold, uh, and is also laid about the wealth that he has taken from every sunken ship in the ocean, uh, which is quite a lot of stolen plunder. Uh, I hate to use, I have to use the pirate reference plunder. It just, you know, it just seems right. Uh, so if he's pleased with you, he gives you some of his collected valuables to take back. Although this is rare, um, he likes the physical plunder as much as his wife enjoys the plundered souls. So Ran is more obsessed about taking souls and devouring souls, while Ayer is more obsessed about the physical wealth and, and wants the money and, and everything else uh, that comes along with it. Um... Offerings to Ayer might include bread, polished stones, anything that would not be that would not be likely to get that he couldn't get otherwise. Uh, if you don't live near an ocean, uh, make a large bowl of salt water and drop food in it for him. Uh, don't try to give a you know don't try to get him to cooperate with beer because he's kind of actually offended by kind of the modern chemical soaked beers. So home brew or locally brewed beer is better. Uh, an altar to air may contain anything from the sea, like uh, I've been trying to get some driftwood from my uncle uh, and some seashells and different things like that because I wanted to make an altar for air specifically. Um, and then it, and, and little cool ideas is you can take like seashells um, and mount them onto a block of driftwood and then put your offerings like for food inside the seashells or like salt and one and I think somebody's done pepper and one like to represent the ground and the earth and everything and it kind of brings it all together um and then a lot of people actually offer uh don't offer fish because it's something that's easy for him to get and he just kind of you know uh, would be offended by it also um While it is acceptable uh, to do a ritual for sea gods with bowls of salt water, if you are trapped inland, uh, if you are able to go to the ocean for anything, uh, Ayer's right, you must do it out of the water in a boat. So the best way to, to really give him an offering, if you, you know, like if you don't want to do it at home, is to get in a boat, go out in the ocean, and give it to him. 
Um, not just a little way out either. You got to go far enough out from the land that it's like at best a tiny strip on the horizon, um, or it has vanished completely. Um, so unlike his wife and daughters who, uh, you know, stay along the coastlines and beaches, um, Ayer is the lord of the vast depths. So he wants you to be alone with him in the vastness and the water all around him as far as the eye can see. Uh, the best thing to take for him is bread. Uh, and you can just, you know, give it to him into the ocean. Um, or you can go stand out like on a deck or like up here and give where you feel the ocean sprays and hear the waves turning and there's no one around you and it's just you in the ocean and then you can offer it to him as well um some people used to the vikings can used to give him loaves of bread and they would just dump it over along with various different types of things that they would cook um i never i have done stuff for a year myself personally but it's, you know, I ask nothing of Ayer except, you know, uh, anytime I'm ever out at the beach or at the ocean, uh, instead I give back and, you know, try to give him food and offerings. And um, during hurricanes, if you live on a coastal area and you've got something coming your way, it's probably a good idea too then. Um, I remember when Hurricane Michael came up through this area, uh, I left some offerings and it actually hit Dothan, which is a town like 30, 45 miles uh, south of me. And it didn't even bother where I was. I just got some rain. Uh, so it was something pretty unique uh, for me. There is invocations that you can find. Uh, I'm not a fan on pre-written invocations. To me, they're very... There's just nothing Hartley in it. Like, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Bueller, you know, type of thing. I, if I talk to the gods or the goddesses, I like to tell them what I'm feeling, my emotions, various different things, because offering them a true part of myself helps my relationships with the gods and the goddesses. So uh, I would recommend anyone uh, who seeks to kind of have a relationship with the gods. Um, make sure that you just, you know, be yourself and, uh, you know, give them a real true piece to yourself. Um, now, Ran is known as the mother of the sea. Uh, she appears to uh, people to be a delicate looking woman with blue green skin. Uh, her long black hair drags along the ground behind her when she walks through Ayers Hall and it trails off into nothingness. Um, so she's kind of like the perfect example of like a mermaid, what you would see a mermaid look like and, you know, different things like that. So, uh, it's pretty interesting uh, when you, when you reference her in these ways, um, her name and like her weapon being a, uh, a net and her name and everything usually means robber or ravager, uh, or plunder, um, in many ways, Ran acts out the darker, more destructive side of the sea's nature, unlike Ayer, um, who comes across as friendly but might then turn on you at any moment. Uh, Ren makes no bones about being a ravenger. She's beautiful, but her teeth are sharp and pointed, and her fingers are clawed also, like Ayer's. Uh, and when she smiles, blood runs cold, or it ought to, uh, because it's... You know, like a, if you can imagine a shark smiling at you. Uh, her hobby is collecting dead souls. 
and she uh, populates uh, Ayerheim, which is where Ayer lives, um, with their souls. Um, a lot of folk believe that she is quoted in one of the Icelandic sagas. So it is that drowned people appeared uh, at their own funeral feasts, and it was a sign that Ran had given uh, them a good welcome into her hall. Um, I think it was in Friedhof's saga is where they reference that. Um, there, you know, and the ritual for her is a, is called a wear guild, which means the giving of gold for the wrongful death of a man. In Rand's case, we give gold, and she does love gold. I mean, you know, anybody loves gold. I just don't want to sound like gold member uh, from Austin Powers just trying to talk about this. Uh because it just kind of happens sometimes. So for a wrongful death of so many of her creatures. So uh, if we go out and we kill sharks and we kill various fish and we kill all this stuff, it's also good to leave her an offering uh, to pay her back for letting us do so. Uh, to do this, so go to a beach uh, with lots of seaweed if you can. And if you're trapped on land, fill a bowl with water and sea salt and sprinkle some dry seaweed into it. And you can usually find this at health food stores or uh, various different places. And buy something real gold, like an earring, a necklace, something made of real stuff, like real gold. And, or just get it in, and just put it in the bowl uh, as an offering. Or if you're at a beach, bind uh, seaweed around your head and, and say an invocation to her like some of the people used to do uh, in Iceland. Uh, which people would probably look at you a little funny nowadays, but... You know, who cares anymore, right? Uh, so we're going to talk about Kolga, the cold one, which is the first sister of the nine and, and the first daughter of the nine. So her name means the cold one. Uh, she's known to be solid white, uh, so she's related to um, Arctic fishes and polar bears is kind of her animals when you see her as a, and, and she gives you a good sign. Um, Kolga is the goddess of the Arctic Ocean, so of the sea and ice and icebergs and all the coldest part of the seas. Um, so she's notorious for cooling off what is overheated, especially for health conditions and emotional management or temporary freezing memories. Uh, good offerings for her is like frozen juice, uh, wine, beer, thrown into cubes into the ocean, uh, f freeze bits of fruit in ice cubes and then toss them in also. Um, if you want to make an altar for her, uh, clear glass sea floats um, and rock crystals and strings of like clear, uh, slightly greeny glass beads and uh, glass icicles or uh, glass or stonebergs, like, you know, like the little... It's hard to explain that. I'm just, yeah, I'm getting tongue twisted trying to explain it, but it's a good thing. Uh, so when you're enraged, like extremely pissed off over something, uh, to the point where you can't think clearly or make a good decision, ask Kolga to help you, uh, with the problem and cooling down. Uh, so take a small stone, perhaps the size of your fingernail, clean it, put it under your tongue, go, then go to a solitary place and talk about the problem to the air. Yell, scream, put all your anger and your fear into like one little stone under your tongue. Uh, this is like an old Icelandic wives' tale. Um, and then ask Kolga to freeze the difficult emotions, like so that you can work 
objectively with the issue. Go do something else for a while or various different things that you can do. Uh, so she's she's known to that. So and then with the offering, you could just take a bowl of water and sea salt and just does be, you know pour it out into the earth as an offering for her. But make sure you put some ice cubes in it um, because that would, you know, her being the cold one. Uh, so we have Duva, which is the hidden one. Uh, which is the second daughter. Um, she's known to be like a pale lavender color. Uh, all the nine daughters, keep in mind, are mermaid looking. Um, and it's it's hard to explain this to some people. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm not going to delve into it because there's new listeners. But uh, So Duva is the guardian of small ocean islands. So, um, And she is also related to the mist and the fog that comes over the ocean. So she hoards treasures from shipwrecks and buries them in various hidden islands, uh, saving shipwrecked sailors and guiding them to islands. So when somebody gets shipwrecked and they end up on a random island, is Duva is the one that supposedly put them there, um, you know, trying to save their lives. Uh, so she can occasionally be perpetuated by uh, treasure hunters, to guide them into the undersea or to wrecks or to island caches. Uh, she brings both obscuring mists and clears them away so she can, she'll bring a bunch of mist and she'll get rid of it. Uh, she loves pearls, uh, completely obsessed with them. Uh, even glass ones, not plastic, never plastic, uh, or lavender glass sea floats. Um, good altar items for her is like crustacean shells, um, misty bits of sheer fabric like the ones that kind of just look really foggy looking i'm a dude so i can't really like reference it too much because i don't go to a fabric shop occasionally um (laughs) i'm a wood i'm a woodworker i just you know but uh so that's not my forte but uh just anything that's very that reminds you of fog uh can be used um She's notorious for revealing what is hidden. Uh, so when some fact is hidden and will not come to light and people are suffering for it, you can ask for Duva's help to bring it forth. So like all the sisters, she is capricious, but you have to a better chance than you would by doing nothing. You know. Uh, so take a piece of silk and some, uh, and some cool pale color, like a blue or green or a lavender or a violet. Wrap three pearls in it. Cut seven slashes in the silk. Wrap the pearls in some in remaining fold and then tie it up outside in a strong wind. Sing and dance around it if that's what you like to do. And give her food and drink. Give her gifts. Throw them into the ocean or into sea water. And then when the pearls fall out of the silk, the hidden thing will come to light. Um, and I've heard and and some of the stuff I have found on various websites. And actually, there is a book. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Um, it was just some random book got it picked up in a store, and it describes uh, some of this. And so now we're going to touch on one of my favorites, uh, Blood Gouda. Blood Gouda is, re- is basically related to sharks. If you see a shark, you see her. Um, she has blood red hair, and her name means the bloody haired one. Uh, Blood Gouda rules the relationship between rivers and sea. Thus, she loves the ocean and the salt marshes, and she also goes anywhere you might find a shark. 
Uh, they're her special pets. Uh, she is wise in a lot of ways of the blood that runs in your very veins as well. Um, her gifts, she helps people with high blood pressure, which is really weird, but it's because she's related, you know, the blood and the sea and the salt. Because in the story of the creation of the earth, uh, the, that the the water and everything and that is in, is in our blood and then a lot of the earth is what we're created from uh, because of Ymir. Uh, it, it explains why she can control that. Uh, for one thing, although this you will require regular offerings. Uh, so a good thing to do is blood offerings. Um, I mention that a lot because it's a very personal, sacred thing. Uh, prick your finger and, uh, you know, like use a lancet, I think they're called, and prick your finger. Uh, drip blood into uh, salt water. Um, there is a ritual. If you live near a coast and you want to do it, I recommend using precaution because this can go either way. If you're if you're having a sickness or you feel like or a disease that you're concerned about, like a disease of blood, or um, just something wrong with you, like um, cancer or various different things, uh, there's a ritual that you can use uh, where you prick your finger or you can cut your hand, however you want to do it, and you go and stand in the ocean and right at like right when the the shore kind of drops a little. Stick your hand in the ocean and then let the blood soak into the ocean. And uh, it is that's a really good offering for her. Um, good altar items for her is shark jaws and teeth. I've been trying to get a hold of some shark teeth because I really want to make something for her. Pinkish shells and red glass sea floats. Also, pink salt. Um, pink salt is really good for her as an elemental offering. Uh, she likes it a lot. I don't know why. But in all my reading, uh, it, it shows. Uh, so if you wish to help the blood flow better in your body, help it cleanse it through impurities, Blood Gouda will help you with all of that. Um, you know, just give her some blood. Uh, go out to the sea. Um, let the blood... Now you... Let the blood get into the ocean. Now you will want the shark's tooth mounted uh, somewhere on your body when you do it uh, as an as, you know, honor to her. Uh, so stand in the ocean with your bowl. Uh, some people like to do bowl of blood. I'm I'm not squeamish, but I'm like I'm not gonna go do that. So uh, that's your choice whether you want to let it bleed directly out or uh, so on. Uh, and then once you're done, uh, step out of the ocean and go sit on the beach line and uh, just focus on her. And uh, there was one story. Um, about a guy in Norway who had, I want to say, God, what was the disease? I have to find it. Anyway, so he, he goes and he performs this ritual, bleeds into the ocean, and he recalled seeing a woman come up out of the ocean with blood red hair. Um, and he knew that it was blood Gouda and that she accepted his offering. Um, so we're going to do Hron now which is the fourth daughter uh she's known as the sucking wave so she's like a yellowish green and black uh she's mostly related to eels um haran is the goddess of the whirlpool uh so she's the goddess of fear of the ocean also uh she is hovering's twin sister uh so haran can help you defeat your fears 
even the ones that seem impossible. But her methods are not, let's just say not particularly kind. Um, and they often seem impossible. Uh, so she tends to throw you in and watch you get sucked down. But the idea is to not get pulled out, but to find the way out through the bottom. So that's a perfect thing. Sometimes we go through stuff in life, you know, and it just seems like, God dang, you know, we're never going to get the fuck over this, and it's just, just going to be rough. And we just see, like, there's just no way out. We're at the bottom. Make the bottom your way out. And that's what she stands for. Take advantage of your situation. Know your surroundings. Know your exits. And let the bottom be your way out. Now, I'm not saying go, like, commit suicide because that's the only thing you have left. No. Look around you and you will find a way out. There's a way out of everything. So, she's very fond of sharp stuff. So, if you have knives, swords, uh, blades, anything that you can drop into an ocean, I wouldn't recommend doing it. Uh, unless you're like way out in the ocean, because obviously uh, dropping sharp stuff in, on a beach or in the ocean would probably not be a good idea with people around. I'm just saying. Um, but you know, use green glass, like you know the green little sea glass things. She loves green, or uh, spiny and spiked dried fish, eels' teeth. I don't know where the hell you would find that, but it's listed in like three books. Um, Pointy or spiky shells, spiral shells. She loves conch shells. Um, so there's a fear ritual. Do not call upon Hron unless every part is ready and you're ready to let go of your fear. Do not ask her. Don't bring her in halfway because she's going she's gonna to turn your whole world upside down if you're not ready for it. So whatever it is, so for this one, you have to immerse yourself in salt water in a bathtub. Uh, and, and this is what you have to do if you're not near the ocean. Tie long black ribbons around your wrist, neck, and waist that they might wave in the water. Or, if you're alone, walk naked into the ocean or lie naked in a tub of salt water. Obviously, if you're in a bath, I would recommend... You know, don't use any clothing. It's more ritualistic and real, and there's just nothing between you and them. Um, throw a sharp or dangerous thing uh, in there. And as, as much as I hate saying this, like a nail or a piece of broken glass, into the ocean or the tub of water. And then speak to her. And if you cannot manage to do that and tell her about your fear, ask her to take you down to the bottom of the whirlpool or the darkest place in your inner ocean, whether it's in your mind, and to take it from you there. This is her. This is the exchange. She is to take it, and you have to go there to meet her. Imagine your fear as strong as you can. Pour the image of it out into the waters, and when your heart is racing, walk further and let the water in over your head and sink beneath it. Or same with the tub, and slow yourself down. And hold your breath and count and slow your heartbeat. Rise out of the water and back up from it. And take a breath. Several different breaths. And then do it again. And again. And again. At least three or four times. And when you come up for air on the third one. Thank her and praise her name. And then when the th within three days. You should be able to con confront your fear fully. And go right to it. And then praise her name mentally. Out loud if you want to. When you do it. Because she has helped you. 
and it has became easier than it was before. Um, Haran has helped me in a lot of different things. Um, you know, a lot of people know this, a lot of people don't. Uh, I was kind of in controlling situations myself, wasn't allowed to drink, wasn't allowed to have friends, wasn't allowed to worship the gods, wasn't allowed to do anything. Uh, and one day I just had to overcome it. I had to just go over there and say, you know what? Screw this. I'm not happy and overcome my fear of making other people happy and making them unhappy. And I did this. I did this very thing. Uh, soaked myself in the water, uh, put sharp objects in there, which was a very scary concept because yeah, just floating sharp objects in, in you and water is just kind of a bad situation. And uh, I came out of it. I was fine. And I no longer have fear when it refers to the situation anymore in my life. Uh, so it is a good thing to do and a good thing to have. Um, we're going to talk about Hevering, which is the fifth sister. Uh, she is related to jellyfishes. Um, Hevering is known as the goddess of the current um so she is the goddess of mourning also and weeps continuously so she's always crying and it is her, uh, her lot to mourn for the depredations that humans have visited in the ocean and its inhabitants and she wears live jellyfishes on her um as clothes so she is known to help people through mourning um her offerings are freely given tears, um, which would just, you know, would, would make sense in the situation. So uh, she likes green uh, glass fruits, just like her sister, because she's the twin of Hrod. Uh, dried fishes, dried egg cases, um, dried horseshoe crabs, um, small bottle of tears. So if you have anything like a vial and you have cried any time recently, just kind of Harry Potter it and collect your tears. Um, as with her Trent twin sister Haran, this ritual will require uh, you to be more or less fully immersed in water, and the ritual is to let go of some sorrow uh, that has passed you, and it is far too long. If you're going to need to be near the ocean, once again, go back to your tub with salt water, um, because you're going to need to be able to heave and splash around again. Tie long ribbons to your wrist, neck, and waist that will wave in the water at this time. Same thing as Rudharan. But this time there should be gray as the tears and the ocean on a cloudy day. Speak to her and ask her to take the sorrow from you or at least heal your heart that you can bear it better. Um, walk into an ocean if you have one. Um, you know, find a... Kind of stay with a, in a shallower part if you can. Um, you can also use a pool. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Um, pull it up out of your heart. Weep. Uh, tell her everything that is going on. Scream, thrash, fall under the water, come back up, throw stuff. Let it out. And then, because she will not help you if she feels like what your emotions are fake. Um, and she is notorious for helping people through hard times. And uh, she'd be a good one for anyone to go to. Uh, we're going to talk about Baliga, which is the sixth sister, and she's known as the Breaker. Uh, she's related to seahorses. 
Um, so Beluga is a gambler uh, and has an affinity with pounding energy of the surf and is the goddess of luck and gambling. Um, her gifts are luck, obsessive energy for the weary. Uh, Beluga revives the world weary heart and tempts it into foolish risks. We all have full. So she's like the oceanic Loki, if you could imagine. Um, fruit. She loves fruit. Throw that into the ocean if you can. Um, if you have an altar and you do, and you're doing one on sea gods and uh, sea green, aqua glass, uh, ocean float things, uh, dried sea horses if you can have any, sand dollars, sea green ribbons with foamy white lace, uh, white horses, and seal figures. Um, if you're Unfocused or lacking in motivation, if you're feeling cowardly or afraid to take a risk, ask her and she will help you. Um, <clears throat> it can be done without water, uh, although as it's always best done with seaside or with water because of where she's from. Uh, if you're doing it in an ocean, uh, the strenuous and rhythmic activity you'll be doing is wave jumping. So just do some of that and you go out on the surf and on, and on a fine and not windy day up to your chest or neck. And then as it, each wave comes to you, try to jump over it at the exact point where it crests. Um, too soon, uh, too soon, and it doesn't count too late, and you get swept inland on the ground onto the sand, and then you get up and you go do it again. Uh, this is a game for her. Uh, and that's just kind of what she prefers you to do. Uh, if you're not in the ocean, get uh, sea green ribbons around your wrists and elbows, then run. Feel the pounding of your feet and the pounding of your heart run as far and as fast as you can if you can't run get a drum play hard with both hands and the the, the thing is is you're supposed to feel the wave and the energy uh that comes from it um so now we're going to talk about bara bara means the big wave uh, such as a tidal wave bara rules the seas relationships with the land which is to say that uh an attack of erosion. She's a large mermaid with a club. So I wouldn't piss her off. Uh, and she strikes the land and steals more of it for the ocean floor. Uh, she is the bringer of tsunamis. Um, offering is a piece of land thrown into the ocean. But only one of uh, only one that uh, have might you might you have the right to give. Because you have to have right to the land itself. So if you don't own your land I wouldn't recommend doing this. Because it would kind of violate it. Um, if you would gain some small part of the ocean strength, such as to carry a chunk of earth to, or to the ocean and to throw it in, if you can't get to the ocean, well, this is complicated because she will not, you know, you can't, you know, if you flush earth down a toilet, it's not going to go there. Um, so this one is a good one to try to, you know, take, uh, take a large stick piece of driftwood weighted uh weighted into the surf um strike the ground eight times as the tide goes out and just speak her name and ask for her physical endurance and her help for physical endurance um we have on um which is the eighth sister uh un or uder which is means the frothing wave um she's light blue uh, un is the keeper of the sea's relationships with the moon. Uh, it is said that she has she's the long-distance lover of Mani, which is the uh, moon god, and which she is also the keeper of the tide's rhythm because she is the worker of time travel magic and mathematics. 
Uh, she helps with the memories of other items, working with time, lunar cycles, accepting the tides of life, and getting your head around the abstractions of higher mathematics. I needed her when I was in school. I really did because I, I sucked at math. And uh, better now, obviously, but yeah, it was just horrible. Um, if, if time management is difficult for you, if minutes and hours in your day kind of seem to slip and just kind of vanish, uh, or you have need for your circadian rhythm to be reset, which you can do uh, with some shamanistic traits, like you can go stand uh, outside with your eyes closed and just keep your eyes closed, but have your head focused where the direct beam of the sunlight is shining directly into your eyes uh, with your eyelids closed and it will re reset your circadian rhythm. Um, you know, just get her a sh um, some seashells, string beads, um, and go out when it's low tide or high tide and just give them to her or bury them, um, which is a good offering for her. Last but not least, we got Hemingleva which is related to dolphins and is the fair weather goddess. Um, the keeper of the sea's relationship with the sun. She's the bringer of joy and the youngest and the fairest of the nine sisters. But it is also the most fickle. Her gifts are, by their nature, um, ephemeral. Or, I, can't, fuck, I don't remember that word. But anyway. I'm tired. God has to forgive me. Uh, so the fair weather. So she gives fair weather good luck. Uh, weather regarding physical um, weather or general good weather of one's life, joy, acceptance, and joy. Give her golden glass, figures of dolphins, shell wind chimes, pictures of sunrises over the ocean, as as her altar items. Um, if you are in a gray and gloomy mood. She can give give you relief uh, if she so chooses. She's fickle, so you need a sunny day, either an ocean or a bowl of water and sea salt. If you're resorting to a bowl, where it catch and let it sit in the sunlight and focus on it while it's glittering, um, and and ask for her to help you. And if you're holding the bowl, hold your hand over the sparkle, let it kind of flash and shine on your hand. Tell her a story of a moment of joy in your life. It could be anything. I mean, it doesn't matter how small. Uh, if you can come up with a few of them, even better. Entertain her with tales of your life and things that you used to find that makes you happy. And communicate this to her. Uh, she likes sun-colored fruits, such as oranges and grapefruits. Um, if the weather begins to cloud soon after your ritual, she can't help you. But it, And there's something else going on. But if it continues to stay fine all the way to the twilight... It means that she's helped you and she's going to um, bless you. Um, I hope that this podcast, you know, and explaining a little bit about them helps people who are going through hard times because each one of them can help us uh, overcome certain things. And a lot of people don't know this much in depth about them, but I've been doing some studying on them uh, and they've tend to help me out. Uh, recently, which is why I've been trying to make a uh, altar to Ayer Rand and his daughters. Um, the next podcast is going to be about Kavasir and the mystery of the net. Um, and we were going to do another one after that about Holnir, which is known to be the brother of Odin. Um, and we're going to talk about a little bit about him uh, and why he's the fiercest of the gods. 
Um, I appreciate you guys for hanging in and listening to me kind of muddle through some of this stuff. Um, I'm trying to um, catch up a lot of the podcasts and stuff that I have. I have tons of PDFs that I've had to put together that, you know, I needed to go over. And um, the podcast has actually grown a lot since I haven't done one. Uh, so it's, you know, a lot of these are like 150 to 200, you know, listens uh, over the past few weeks. And it's continually growing. Um, somebody was actually, according to Anchor, was listening a few minutes ago. Um so you can find this podcast on Anchor, which is where I prefer you to find it, or you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on Google Podcasts, you can find it on iTunes, um, and there's one more. Uh, slipped my mind, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, I can't think off the top of my head. Oh, you just go to Anchor and find it. So I'm going to post this on the Facebook page. Uh, for me as well, I'm going to post it on my personal one also, so anyone who can listen to this, uh, feel free. If you have any questions and you know me personally, uh, please reach out. I'm always willing to discuss this stuff. Uh, And hell, even talking to you might give me some ideas for the next podcast, so you don't ever know. Um, Okay, all right. Well, so that's all I had for today. Uh, All all y'all have a good week. And uh, hopefully I will have the one for Kvasir done uh, in the next few days. So stay tuned for that. I look forward to discussing um, the the unique story behind him. And until then, see you guys.